Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman that was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting a stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you're a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. I am so excited and really thrilled to have you come back and to continue listening. And if you're a new listener and you're just stopping by to see what it's all about, thank you for your interest and for, for your time as well. I know as moms, our time is precious, so I don't take for granted for one minute or even one second that you are giving this podcast a listen. So for my new listeners, the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago, from when I was really struggling in the depths of my inner child work and adjusting to leaving my teaching career and really just in the thick of the struggle. So the journal entry that I'm going to share with you is from May 17th of 2016, and I write, the days and weeks continue to be busy. I don't feel overjoyed about this because the busy, crazy days are not setting me in a direction to feel joy. Wilmu is still the same. Sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. I really like the design aspect, but that for now is loading me down. I really want and need to get moving with Penn Foster. That has gone to the wayside because I have deadlines for Wilmu that consume my time. I've really been thinking a lot about the lessons from Calm, The Journey of the Heart Book, and Joel. It is more clear than ever that I don't know who I am, what makes me happy, and how to function in life without worrying about what others think of me. Awareness is key, and I have that. I've got to try to figure out the next step to getting a better understanding of who I am and how to make myself happy. So this is a short episode, but I feel like there's a lot here. So what comes to mind as I read back over this journal entry, and I I reflect on where I was. Um, I was using the the busy feeling of the days to fill my tank, to fill my cup. And um, I, I wasn't overjoyed. I was miserable because I was exhausted. And I was doing things that didn't make me happy. I was staying with Will Mew because I was afraid of disappointing my um, department chair. I was staying there because I didn't have my full-time teaching income anymore and wanted to contribute to my fam- family financially as well as with um, how, you know, emotionally, mentally, uh, that way. Um, so, you know, I just, it was hard for me to let go because then I thought, okay, if I don't have Will you then I'm not contributing financially. So I made a meaning about that. If I'm not contributing to my family financially, then I'm not pulling my weight. You know, because doing all the other things in my mind wasn't enough. It didn't count. And so um, I was also like desperately wanting to get Penn Foster done because in my mind I was like, oh, you know, I love doing obedience and agility with my own dog. So if I get this done and I'm an obedient trainer, then I'm going to be happy. Well, I got that done and I still wasn't loving it. I realized that I loved doing those things with my dogs more than I did teaching it. But it really also boiled down. It's kind of a weird thing. It's, it's in fact, I'm reading Brene Brown, um, the Atlas of the Heart book, her new one. And I just was chatting with a friend. I'm doing a little mini book study with a, a friend of mine in Minnesota and today we were talking about cognitive dissonance, cognitive dissonance. And it's funny, when I read it to prepare for our chat, I had cognitive dissociation 
on my mind, like dissociating from trauma, but that's not what it was about. It was basically having two ideas in your mind at one time that, that conflict with each other. And so when I did Penn Foster, it was because I loved going to obedience with my dog, Franklin, and I loved doing agility with him. And we had, for the longest time, had a picture of him hanging our refrigerator and he was doing one of the jumps and he has the biggest smile on his face. And I remember the trainer giving us the pictures and she said that he had the most expressive face out of any of the dogs in his group. And, um, and so I thought that, you know, if I love doing it now, then this will be, and I, and I, when I'm at class and I am teaching, when I cover for one of the trainers who is out for, um, for the, the obedience company that I, I help, I do love being there. I do love training the dogs. I love seeing the dogs. I love seeing them learn. I love seeing the owner's appreciation of the dog's new found skills, all of that. But what I realized is that I didn't love being away from my family. And this is where the cognitive dissonance comes in. It was like, I wanted something that was just me. I wanted time just for myself. But then when I was away from my family, I wanted to just be with my family. It, it was just the weirdest thing. And there are times where I still have that. Occasionally, I'll treat myself to what I call a momcation. And when I go to a little um, bed and breakfast or a little Airbnb, just Friday night, Saturday night, and come home Sunday morning, it's like, I can't wait to get home. But before I leave, it's like, I can't wait to go and have just that time to myself. So that's what it was with obedience. It just, it wasn't really what filled my heart a whole, 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 whole lot. And so um, the other, the other thing that really, you know, held me back from it is that it was on Saturday mornings. And by the time I would get home, it would be 11 o'clock. And then in my mind, the day was half done. So then the girls would be ready for lunch. And at this time, they were still taking naps. So then it would be nap time in the and the day would be done. And I apologize. The dogs have been extra barky today because we've had Amazon, we've had UPS, and the mail came early. So it has been a busy day here. So when lots of deliveries come, it's very hard for my one dog, Winnie, to settle in um, because she is um, very protective. And so she goes into ultra protective mode. And life is going back to... Pre-COVID this week, my husband's in the office and in um, in court in person. That's the first time since March of 2020. And so when he's also not in the house, then um, they get even more protective. So she's at capacity for today. Um, but I digress. So, um, so it was just this weird thing. So I digress. So it was just this weird aspect. It was like I was filling up the time. I was filling up my days with things that were keeping me busy, overcomplicating my own schedule, doing it to myself because I thought the more that I do, it will show my value. It will show my worth. I'll get the appreciation that I was so desperately seeking. I'll, st I'll show everybody how amazing I am, what a good mom I am, what a good wife I am what a good you know I'm contributing to not only our family but I'm contributing financially too and so I had this immense amount of pressure on myself to take on all of these things and yes it was in part about um me not knowing who I was it was in part of me not really knowing what made me happy um and it really did boil down a lot to worrying about what others thought of me so I was so worried that people would look at me and think that I was, you know, a loser or a slacker or a failure or unproductive or any of those not kind words because I wasn't working outside of the home. 
And so I did have a parent at school um, say to me, oh, you actually worked today? Because there was a point, this was not at this point, I don't believe, perhaps it was, I don't remember. But anyhow, um, I was substituting at my daughter's school. And all the parents know that I am a stay-at-home mom. And so one of the moms saw that I had been substituting that day. And she said to me, oh, you actually worked today? I wanted to A, punch her because rude. And the irony is that she's also a stay-at-home mom now. So then she was working part-time outside of the home, but now she's home. And so um, there are times when I see her that I think, huh, maybe I should say that, but I, I won't because that's not kind and I don't operate like that. Um, but I don't think she understood how deeply her comment hurt. And so, you know, I didn't want people to have that perception of me is that I didn't work. You know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom when your kids are napping, you're, you're sleeping on the couch or you're watching Netflix but that is the farthest thing from the truth. And I don't have to tell you because that's, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. But I was just so worried of what others thought of me. And it stems back to childhood because um, I was one of the very few kids at school that I knew of when I was little whose parents were divorced. And um, then with the whole teenage situation being in the abusive relationship, I lost a lot of my friends. My grades went down. I didn't speak to my family. And so um, everybody had this persona or this impression of me that I was rebellious, I was defiant, um, I was selfish. And so I was really compensating for all of these things that I thought people believed about me. When at the end of the day, it really shouldn't matter. What should matter is what's good for me and um, my family, and that's it. And so um, plus two, I was in this phase of self-discovery of trying to figure out exactly what it was that made me happy because I didn't get that time to figure that out when I was a kid because often when I wanted to do something, I was told, oh no, it's too dangerous. You know, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to get you anywhere. Forgetting that it was just about having fun or it was about making new friends or it was about trying something new. And so, um, so, and then in my teen years, <coughs> pardon me, in my teen years, I was with this boy and I missed the opportunity during, during that pivotal time of self-development and self-awareness and um, self-actualization to figure out what it was that I really liked because I really in that time minimized myself and allowed him to be top priority morning, noon, and night, 24-7, 365. And so then here I was this adult trying to figure that out for myself, but also giving my girls opportunities for that. So this weekend on Sunday, I took my girls out to lunch and then we did a few errands. And while we were at lunch, we were talking about summer camp because now it's time to start getting summer camp scheduled and on the books. Um, and so I said to the girls, you know, we don't have to do a crazy amount of things. And I said to Lily, my older, is that I would like her to be involved in at least one more after-school activity. She has Girl Scouts every other week. She has piano each week. But I really want her to be involved in something more physically active. And so I said, but don't worry, Lil, nothing like when we were little. Because when my girls were little, I had us scheduled out in after-school activities at least four days a week. We had swim lessons. We had gymnastics. We had horseback riding. And we had dance class. 
And so that was Monday through Thursday. Then the time Friday came rolling around, we were all exhausted. Then on top of me running myself ragged during the day with Will Mew and Penn Foster trying to get my dog obedience certification and worrying about dirty dishes piling up in the sink and worrying about laundry and keeping Casey occupied, trying to do uh, preschool at home with her and homeschool her. It was just um, too much, way too much. And so because I was trying to make sure that my girls knew what made them happy, I was trying to help my girls figure out who they were, what their passions were, what they were interested in, and um, and overscheduled them. And so Casey asked me if I was living through their childhood. And I was like, wow, that's really perceptive of my nine-year-old to recognize that sometimes that does happen. And I said to her, no, I wasn't. I was not trying to relive my childhood through them. I just want to make sure that they had opportunities that I didn't have. And so on some level, I was using work to um, indicate my value and my worth. I was using a paycheck from Wilmington University to define my value and my worth. And I was using Penn Foster, which was going to then be my job as a dog obedience trainer to determine my value and my worth. But what I didn't know at this time that, yes, the awareness was key. And I had that. I knew that. I, I knew very clearly why I was unhappy. I knew what the issues were. I knew I had low self-esteem. I knew I had no confidence in myself. I knew that. Um, I knew about the codependency, the anxiety, the childhood emotional neglect. I knew all of those things, but yet I was still stuck in this place and I could not change it. I could not make a change. I was stuck. And part of the reason I was stuck is because I was living in the past, trying to make it work for the present. But I didn't understand um, how to make the change. I didn't understand how to figure out who I was and what made me happy. And on some level, I was figuring it out. I was giving myself an opportunity to try things. I allowed myself to have the opportunity to try Wilmington University. I did that for six years. And I allowed myself the opportunity to go for my dog obedience certification and not shooting the idea down. So I was giving myself opportunities to explore my passions, my interests, um, trying to figure out really what would fill my cup when I wasn't um, in mom mode. And so that was really part of the step. But I couldn't allow myself to fully enjoy it and embrace it. And part of it was because I was worried what others were going to think. But the other part is that I couldn't give myself, I couldn't allow myself to enjoy something. I couldn't allow myself to feel the joy, to feel the happiness, because there was so much guilt there that, you know, almost like I wasn't deserving of it. Because if I was enjoying something and then I was and I was happy with that, then that meant I wasn't being present with my kids or it meant it was time away from my family. And I felt like I couldn't have both. But you can. You can have both. And it's not really about a balance because there really is no balance. It's more of a rhythm. And that's why now I take my momcation for a weekend here and there and I don't feel guilty about it. I enjoy the time when I'm gone. I go to breakfast by myself. I bring a good book. I go to dinner by myself. I go out in nature, I walk in the local park, or I sit out on the patio of the Airbnb that I rent, or on the porch of the bread and bed and breakfast, and I just allow myself that moment. Because I know now that what I did back in 2016 
wasn't working. I was literally running myself ragged because I was overcomplicating things. I was doing all these things for the wrong reasons. I was doing them for value, self-worth, determining what that actually was, what that looked like, what that felt like. But for some things, not about the enjoyment of it. And so now I ask myself, is this going to bring me joy? Yes or no? If the answer is no, I do my best to let it go because I don't want to have things in my life that don't bring joy. I just don't. Life is too short. But the other piece of the puzzle too is that I know now why I, I get into the pattern of worrying what other people think. I know now why I prevent myself from doing things that bring me joy. It's for fear of rejection. It's for fear of criticism. It's for fear of being unloved. It's, it's a belief of not being deserving, of not being um, worthy or capable. And so that's really where the, the, the depth of this lies, the, um, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. So when I was in this stage, to step out of what I knew, to step out of being a workaholic, and focusing primarily on a career to bring me joy and happiness and fulfillment, there was just too much uncertainty in that. I could not embrace that. I could not handle it because um, not only was there uncertainty of what was next, but there was the uncertainty of how people were going to perceive it or react to it. And so that's really what it was boiling down to is I was doing all this stuff to feel significant, to feel like I mattered, but it also was very comfortable. As much as it was painful, it was comfortable. And I wanted to have connection. I wanted to have connection with Wilmu colleagues. I wanted to have connection with obedience training colleagues. I wanted to have connection with myself. But because I was doing all these external things, I wasn't giving myself that, that connection. And so I know I make you know reference to um, the lessons from Calm, which is the Calm app, the meditation app. That was really the first step in is connecting with myself. Um, at this point in time, and then reading the Journey of the Heart book. And it is an amazing book. It is a daily devotional. Well, she calls it Daily Meditations. Um, but it is by Melody Beattie, and she is the author of Codependent No More. And um, I still look at this book. I read the meditation for every day of the year, and I love it. And every time I read it, um, I take something else from the meditations. So that book was pivotal. But then I also was listening to Joel Osteen a lot at this time, um, because I thought that was what spirituality was, is that you go to church, you read a Bible. I didn't realize it was about having faith and about just a power greater than ourselves. And so um, so I was starting to dip my pinky toe in, in looking for things internally to make myself happy, to feel connected with myself, to bring myself joy, to really figure out who I was. And um, I don't think figuring out who you were is a life, it's a lifelong journey because our likes and our dislikes and our preferences and our inspirations and things change. We're always evolving. And so at this time though, for me, that was very fixed. It had to be this and it would never be something else. And so, um, which was very limiting and also made it very challenging to figure it out because I didn't um, give myself a bigger perspective to consider. So I hope that you found this episode of One of a Kind You helpful. If you did, please feel free to share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. And if you would be so kind, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review because I do read all of the reviews and I take all of your feedback into consideration so that I can continue to create this podcast that is the best resource and support for you because um, 
going on the motherhood journey alone is not always easy. So the more support, the better. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I so hope that you will join me for another episode next week. Have a great week and I'll see you then.